As the story unfolds, we find the heroes, or at least our struggling protagonists, escaping from the vast labyrinth of caves that the goblin folk of the Great Mountains call home. Using every trick up their sleeve and bearing the unconscious child, Emmanuel, they made their way to the great door and held the goblins at bay as they struggled to breach its enchanted threshold with the orb of power they claimed from the goblins' wretched treasure hoard. The party at last made it to the hidden forest and the strange town of stone citizens, barely managing to find a well-crafted home to rest in before they collapsed to sleep and renew their willpower. As they awoke the next morning, they were shocked to discover that their inner turmoil had seemed to somehow manifest in the world around them as they witnessed a colorless sunrise. Everything that they could see had been bleached of all color and a strange silence hung over the mountain. As they at last returned the magical orb to the ancient statue, the townspeople and animals of the forest quickly sprung to life, confused and disoriented. Upon questioning the leader of the strange short people, they learned that they had known their former companion, the mysterious and silent Rave, whom they called Lily and praised as a savior and guardian of their land. They explained that when last the village was threatened by a fiery calamity, she braved the curse of their protector and removed the orb of power. Struck silent and mute by the magic of the god that the statue represented, she bore the curse of silence so that the townspeople and the hidden grove may be enchanted to endure the fires that were summoned upon the mountain. Fires that were preceded by the bleaching of the land, the absence of color. The people of the village scorned the adventurers for restoring them as the land was again apparently threatened with the impending fires of hate and judgment from powerful casters. Through the strange relationship that she bore with the magical orbs and brief conversation with the leader of the strange village, Shay discovered more of her lost father and his vigilant protection of the hidden village and its inhabitants. Pressed for time, the party decided to move forward through the enchanted door to again ascend the great staircase and reunite with the simple-minded George and their prized horses. The adventurers agree to attempt to interrupt the dark spell that would attempt to destroy this village, to find the being who now called himself Gek, and learn more of his role in these dark events and the death of Carthus's old friend, and then journey to Rage Bay along with the child Emmanuel to pursue their various objectives should they live to see the sea once more. After collecting George and their mounts, along with Rave's stolen mount, which had been, in fact, taken by the childcaster Emmanuel all those nights ago, they fought and journeyed back through the mountains, led by the mysterious Birdman, who they had named New George. Mistrusting of New George and his odd behavior, the party struggled to question him for more information as to his motives using well-phrased questions and providing vocabulary for the odd fellow to parrot and respond to. 
it was determined that the man who called himself Gek had claimed members of New George's family as hostages to manipulate him and enlist his assistance. The party decided that if there was any hope for his imprisoned kin, it was not to be found in Gek's goodwill, bargaining, or honesty. As they neared the area where they believed the Gek impersonator and the misled people of Trunton were to be found camping, the adventurers decided to plant a decoy campfire and observe it from a safe distance while they rested. It was during this night that the child, Emmanuel, confessed that he was journeying to Rage Bay to search for his mother. As the child lay in a secluded area looking at a drawing of his lost parent, Chauvin employed his mischievous in, Giuseppe, to spy on the child, cloaked in invisibility, to catch a look at the drawing and derive more information about the child's motives. Through the eyes of his devious companion, Chauvin was shocked to see a drawing of the likeness of a woman whom he knew very well one who he had sought after for many years. The decoy fire attracted a group of naive goblins who were shortly followed by a group of rough scouts from the human camp. They slaughtered the goblins and kept one prisoner, though for what reason the adventurers were uncertain. Chauvin attempted to approach and gain more information while wearing the face of Gek. However, he failed to convince them of his act and they were forced to engage in brief and daunting combat with 14 armed scouts. With support from the stealthy Shay and martial prowess of Carthus, they managed to strike several successful blows and down some of their numbers before successfully retreating into the night. As Carthus and Chauvin patched up their wounds, Shay boldly stalked the scouts in the night to find the path back to their camp and try to learn more. While he and Carthus caught up, Chauvin sent his imp ahead to try to follow Shay and find the camp. When they had located it, the imp was tasked with scouting out the camp while invisible. The imp managed to find Gek's personal tent and spy inside, finding that the creature that was impersonating Gek was inhuman, blue with long limbs and startling sanguine eyes. The imp explored the area and soon found the bird folk's kin tied to posts, along with a goblin prisoner. Chauvin guided the imp in freeing the captives and guiding them back to safety. New George and his family soon escaped into the mountains to attempt to rebuild a life for themselves. The adventurers snuck into the camp to learn what they could before their presence was made known sneaking and blending into the villagers and their shanty tents and dwellings. It was at this time that the strange goblin girl again found Shay and requested her assistance in freeing one of her kin from a human trap nearby. The small goblin girl tried to convince Shay to join her and return to her people, but thinking it unwise and unaligned with her current objectives, Shay thought better of it and declined. Through some careful planning and trickery, Carthus and Chauvin became enrolled as guards to Gek's tent and caught a brief and relaxing moment of casual conversation as they waited for the Gek impersonator's return. 
When the doppelganger at last returned, the team prepared themselves to attack. However, he ignored their aggression and called for a parlay. The two companions dropped their ruse, and Shay revealed herself from her hiding place, devising that they could learn more about their situation and their adversary before launching a full assault upon the creature that had deceived and wronged them so many times. The creature declared that it had no ill will toward the adventurers, and merely desired to plunder the goblin caves and serve the dark mistress that provided him with the power and wealth that he wished for. Opening the chest next to its bed, it revealed a dark aura that soon enveloped the adventurers and drew them into a meeting with the woman. The dark lady that was sowing chaos into the land, and the very same woman that supplied Chauvin with his devious and harmful abilities. Each adventurer held audience with the woman as she whispered deceit woven into truth into their minds and planted seeds of doubt in their companions and thoughts of greed. Chauvin, at long last speaking to the mysterious and elusive source of his powers, was congratulated for his service thus far, and dissuaded from attacking the doppelganger, though not strictly forbidden. The adventurers were left with many more questions than they had begun with, and when they were returned to their consciousness they found that Gek, his ruffians, and the people of Trunton had packed and advanced further in the night. Carthus was distraught after losing yet another chance to avenge his old friend and companion, and as Shay questioned her role in this dark woman's plans, Chauvin grew perturbed at being instructed to leave the creature to his violent and careless plans. Reassessing their objectives, their resources, and their stubborn will, the party decided to spit in Gek's face and warn the goblins of the human intruders in order to dissuade the assault and levy a chance to convince the humans to abandon Gek and return to their home. Shay suggested that the best way to do this would be to try and contact the little goblin child. As she set out to find the little goblin girl, she had no idea of the length of the excursion she would unwittingly take. As she searched for the goblin girl, she mistakenly stumbled down a deep mountain cave and slid far into the earth. Fighting, clawing, and crawling, she wandered the deep places of the earth until she stumbled upon a gathering of goblin-wise women outcast from their people for speaking their dislike for the unwise rulings and judgments of the Goblin King. Disturbed by this news, the Goblin Wise Women deem it worth risking the wrath of the King to bring this dark message. Shay is brought to audience with the drunk and disorderly ruler of the Goblins within his great feasting hall. Deep within herself, Shay discovered a quick tongue and a will to have her way and survive 
as she outwitted the Goblin King, delivering the daunting news of impending assaults and made her way back into the caves. No doubt the cruel king and no small amount of his subjects expected to find Shay defeated and weak, lost deep beneath the earth in the following days. But Shay had another plan for her future. It was not long before Shay clawed her way to the surface again, following her magic rock, her instincts, and eventually the innocent giggling of a familiar goblin girl. As she returned to her companions, Shay was confronted by an odd spectator, a goat, and the odd and intellectual woman who journeyed with it met Shay in an off-putting conversation and requested to join her to observe and assist. Vale the Outcast followed Shay with her goat companion Columbine out of curiosity and the desire for companions and individuals who appeared to know what their purpose was and how to survive in this large and daunting world. Soon the group was reunited and camped nearby to Gek's second camp, where Shavan and Karthus relayed a dark tale of the things they had seen unfold and a goblin prisoner who they had decided they needed to kill. Unable to free this goblin, Shavan and Karthus worked together with the imp to put the creature out of its misery before it could be used to guide the ragtag army into the caves, hopefully delaying the bloodshed for a moment longer. As they camped in a cave, the imp was ordered to stand watch. In the night, the imp investigated some odd noises and discovered a large, undead, winged beast. The bony monstrosity spotted the imp even through his immaculate invisibility and pursued the imp through the skies. Before the imp was destroyed by the ferocious creature of bones, Shavan dismissed the imp from the dimension. All seemed well until the creature's hauntingly keen senses led it to the secluded cave where the adventurers camped. The carefully hidden campsite soon became a place of no retreat as the party was pressed to the back, fighting for their lives. It was then that Karthus, deeming it necessary to take any advantage available to win this fight, bestowed his enchanted ring to the simple and skittish George. The ring, magically designed to grant unwarranted courage to its bearer, inspired heroic action into George, who drew his weapon and led a mighty charge against the beast. He struck several blows and took upon himself the full wrath of the creature, offering a mighty advantage to his companions, who worked together to attack it in full force. The creature bested George, his mortality unable to match his courage and the necrotic darkness consumed his flesh as he fell to dust and ichor upon the floor of the cave, though not in vain. The party reached deep into their resourcefulness and fought with their backs against the wall until the creature was at last slain, revealing its true form. The beast withered and shrank into the form of a robed militant caster, one of the very same that proved to be part of the magic circle 
which would summon fiery calamity down upon the mountain, and had stolen the color from the surrounding area with their great magical workings. In the night, as they collapsed to regain their expended will, Carthus found the energy to offer the death rites to their fallen companion, and Vale handed a mysterious letter to Shay. Shay investigated the letter and was overcome with a sense of duty. The woman who had raised her was in the west at Rage Bay. Deciding she must leave her companions and protect her mother figure, Shay snuck away with her horse, Francis, and vanished into the night. The group was suspicious of Shay's absence and of the strange new woman, Vale, and even of her strange and disconcerting animal companion. However, there were pressing matters at hand and thousands of lives at stake. So, they moved ahead. In a second attempt, the party entered the human camp as captives in order to get close to the malicious doppelganger and the casters that worked day and night to summon the great spell that would burn the mountains. They unleashed a chaotic and uncoordinated plan to wreak havoc and disarray into the camp. Chauvin, stumbling across the doppelganger by chance, locked with him in a heavy-hitting combat while Carthus sued doubt into the quasi-organized ranks of the human forces. Vale wandered around the camp trying to make sense of the affairs of humans outside of her small world. With a lot of luck and a little help from allies, Chauvin bested Gek, who fled into the crowd after freeing the dark shadow creature that dwelt in Chauvin's cursed dagger. The party gathered and fled the wraith, losing it in the throngs of villagers. Under the guise of Gek, Chauvin began to try to assume command of the camp, again using his deceptive powers to appear identical to the man that was once Carthus's friend Gekko. They searched for the doppelganger and investigated his tent, but they found only a trapped chest and yet another mocking bag of rocks. They then turned their attention to the sinister robed militants who had begun to summon a mass of flame that fell from heaven. The fire arced through the night sky and struck the mountains, moving toward the hidden forest and its formerly stone inhabitants. As they tried to disrupt the casters and gather the townsfolk to assist, they drew the suspicion of Gek's second-in-command, who drew steel on Chauvin, forcing him into yet another impromptu battle. Luckily, Carthus was nearby and was able to hold the ruffian at bay and beat him soundly until Vale was able to land a crossbow shot, taking her first life from this violent world. Their efforts to stop the summoning circle were futile, as the magic was powerful and the strange casters proved to be unbothered by interruption. As they worked to bring even one of them down, the robed caster transformed into yet another bony and ferocious winged beast that assaulted all in its path. Out of ideas, out of time, and out of willpower, 
the adventurers retreated to the nearest caves, fearing for their lives, their lost horses, the boy Emmanuel, and the misled townsfolk who were fleeing from the fire as it fell from the sky. As the fires above finally halted, and the earth ceased to rage in embers and flame, the color was restored to the world. What little color there was to be had was framed with the black seared earth and ashes that covered the mountainside. The camp, many of its inhabitants, and surrounding area were part of a searing line of destruction that ran through the colossal peaks. It was then that Shavan, peering through the eyes of his imp, saw the form of their nemesis among the ashes. Searching on his hands and knees through the refuse, Gek. Calling his companions to arms, Shavan Vale and a bloodthirsty Karthus ran into the open, ash and bone cracking beneath their footfalls to kill the thing who called himself Gek. Alone amid a field of the destruction that he caused, vengeance fell upon the dark creature with all the fury of the fires that had befallen the night before as the adventurers brought their full force against his will, his pride, his greed, and dashed it across the mountainside. The party left the strange blue corpse in the ashes and decided to try to find Shay on the way to Rage Bay. First though, their thoughts went to the boy, sent away with Shavin's beloved steed to be safe. Had he indeed headed to the hidden forest? Had he made it to the caves before the fires fell? And had the strange villagers selected a hero to pull the power orb from the statue and again protect them from the flames? These questions plagued them as they attempted to track the mounted child. It was only as they finally reached the hidden door at the top of the winding staircase that at last they were greeted by the boy and his noble steed, the horse called Pig. The child Emmanuel opened the hidden door and greeted them with a surprised look, holding the reins of the horse with one hand, the only hand that he had left. And that is where we find our adventurers now. And where will they go? Where has Shay gotten off to? Have their horses perished? Have some of the poor people of Trunton survived? Or the people of the Hidden Forest? Frontier Fiction, an actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast. We're coming to you all the way from the frozen north. Now it's not easy to stay sane in Alaska, so we get together with one of our favorite games to let the voices in our heads come out to play. 
My name is Zeb and I am the DM. And this is our recapisode. You wonder what happened to Shay? Find out right here in an hour and a half feature starring Shay Trembler, played by Veda. And here you are. Previously on Frontier Fiction, the group fights a large skeleton monkey man and kills it. But what, at what cost? George is dead, the group is fatigued and bloody, nobody even bothers to bury the bodies. And in the dead of night, when all should be quiet, Shay gets woken up by the new girl Vale and gives him a letter from her not real mom, but woman that she really likes says meet me in rage bay it is important she gets up without even thinking rides off and the group does not see her again the next day they send the imp to scout makes a couple of good rolls finds where she should be inside of a cave and you know she has a lot of good luck in caves but she's nowhere to be found Hello and welcome to Frontier Fiction, an actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast. We are coming to you all the way from the frozen north. It's not easy to stay sane in Alaska, so we get together with one of our favorite games to let the voices in our heads out to play. My name is Veda, and I play Shay Trembler. I'm Colton. I'm just hanging out. I'm Zeb. I'm also just kind of hanging out. This is the Shay Show. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're not doing a recap today because you already heard that. Uh, Shay, we're going to take up today... Uh, when you kind of took shelter in the cave, it was you've been writing for a little bit. You're tired. Um, really didn't even sleep very much before you got woken up and took off. Uh, so you came to your senses, thought, "I gotta get a little bit of rest before I keep going." Took shelter in the cave, and you went to sleep, and that's great. But when you woke up, you were no longer in the cave that you thought you were in. Uh, you're in a very dark stone room with a small flame just kind of hovering in the center. Why don't you give me a perception check to start off? All right. I think that is a nine, but I'm double checking. Yes. Nine? Nine. Yeah, you don't notice a whole lot. Um, you're, you're really drawn to this flame because it's the only source of light. And oddly, um, you would expect it to kind of illuminate the whole room, but the light kind of just stops like 10 feet out from the flame. I'm going to try to make it bigger. Okay, yeah, and you do that. Um, and so at pretty much 10 feet from the edge of where the fire is, you can see. All right. So I don't know if there's a limit to how big you can make it. Uh, it just has to have something to burn on, so... Okay, in that case, no, you can't make it bigger. Because this, this fire isn't... Be, you know what? You would try to make it bigger, and because it doesn't get bigger, you know how your spell works, you would deduce, probably, that this is a magical flame. Um, so it's, it's not actually fueled by anything. Okay. Well, I'm gonna walk towards it. Um, as you take a few steps closer to this flame, uh, you notice that it's also moving away from you um, as you get closer. It doesn't look like anything else is really around it. Um, it's very damp. You can kind of feel the walls when you woke up. The floor was, was wet. Your horse is actually uh, still sleeping. And if you tried to stir it, which you probably would, hey, wake up once, yes. mm -hmm. it wouldn't move. Um, it doesn't appear dead. Um, it's just sleeping and not wanting to wake up. Okay. Um, does it smell? Like, does it smell off? 
or weird or gross, or does it just smell wet? Give me a perception. Thirteen. Yeah. After trying to look around, you don't see a whole lot. You decide to rely on your other senses. When you smell, you you do actually notice a very familiar aroma. Not a pleasant aroma. Uh, you'd remember it from your la- the last time you were in the goblin caves. It smells like burning rat flesh. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I'm going to move back and see if the light moves towards me more. Or no. doesn't move. No, it's it stays where it was, where it moved to originally. Okay. So it smells like the goblin caves? Oh yeah. It smells a lot like the goblin caves. And my horse doesn't want to wake up. Mm-mm. Does it... Hmm, let's see. I'm going to check if I have my lantern still. Yes, I do. I'm going to light my lantern and see if... The room looks familiar, like walking around the edges of it. Okay, yeah. Uh, you light it and it does. Um, you notice that, that room, I mean, it was just kind of a square box with a lot of pools of goo and like rotted, burnt flesh from rats. But you see all the, the landmarks that you'd recognize. This box in the corner that you found the... I don't even remember where you found it. Oh, the rock. The rock. That was pulling you in the direction, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the still kind of closer to where the fires are, a little further on, um, you would see some crispified flesh. Oh my gosh, I'm back here again. Oh my goodness. Her horse, how did she get down here? Okay. Shay's inner thoughts right now, but how did I get down there? Is the, she's gonna look back and see if the hole's there that she came down in the beginning. The one from before? <laughs> that she slid down. Yeah. To climb back up. It's not there? Nowhere to be found. The chute that you slid down isn't there either. Okay. Uh, she's going to pull out the rock. Okay. Is it pulling her in the direction still? It's pulling you towards the flame. But her horse still won't move. Horse is breathing. <laughs> breathing? She's... Hmm. All right, she's going to follow the light then. Okay. Um, you follow this light for quite a while. And as you you can notice that you're going uphill again. You remember, you could only tell if you were going the right direction before, if you were escaping or going deeper, if it was up or down. Mm-hmm. Um, so you are going up. There are several turns, and it seems to always choose a random direction. You think, oh, it's going to go left this time. No, it's, it's just going wherever it wants to. <laughs> um, give me a... Uh, Perception check after walking for about 10-15 minutes. Eat. Yeah, as as usual um, in these caves, you don't really notice a whole lot. <laughs> um, but you do eventually get to um, a spot where it kind of opens up again. Uh, the cave that you've been walking in has been just barely tall enough for you to stand up and every once in a while have to duck your head to avoid knocking it on a loose boulder. Um, but you get to this kind of archway uh, where even though you rolled real low, um, this is kind of an unforgettable archway. It's where you stepped into that large room and were gently ambushed by the old goblin women. Is it still pulling me that way? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep following it. The flame would go straight into the center of the room. Um, and uh, when it gets there and you, you follow it there, it stops. 
um, and then it disappears. But then when it disappears, it then kind of explodes into a dimmer light. Um, and you see uh, around the room there are torches on the walls and they start to light. Um, pretty soon, all at once, uh, the, the room is clearly lit. You can see in every direction. Um, and give me a perception check with this. 18. Yeah. You see all or under each one of these torches, there's one of those older women. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all kind of doing their own things. You're not really sure what they're doing. Um, but back in the middle of the room where uh, the flame was is the little goblin girl. Penelope. Yeah, and she just looks at you and she just smiles uh, like she hasn't seen you in forever, even though it's probably been a, a day. <laughs> 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 but every time meeting this girl is like the first time. <laughs> um, but after after you... Wait, do you say Penelope? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you speak, um, all of the women, they kind of turn towards you. They weren't really shocked at all by the, the light change. Probably used to Penelope shenanigans. <laughs> um, but actually, why don't you give me kind of a an arcana check? All right. Or an investigation, either of those. Let's see. Oh, they're the same, so 14. 14? Yeah, uh, so you saw all that happen, and you see everything around the room very clearly, um, but with your arcana or investigation, you kind of deduce that uh, this this magical energy and this flame in general was coming from Penelope, and that she was somehow invisible while holding the flame, or she was the flame, something along those lines. Um, so you are, you are able to pick up that she is a magical being. You might have suspected it all along, but your <laughs> suspicions have been uh, confirmed. All right. Um, Shay's going to say, why'd you leave me here? Um, she, she points towards uh, one of the old women that's starting to walk towards you. Is it the same old woman that was from before? Um, the one that looked like the leader? Right. Yeah, it's de- it definitely is the leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, yeah, you... Saw her a few times. You can recognize her. Okay, I'm gonna get on my knee again because she seemed to like that last time. She did like it when you knelt before her. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you said it was some type of thingy, so yeah. I don't remember. Um, when you when you kneel, she kind of approaches and she she puts her finger, a couple of fingers, under your chin and kind of pulls you up to get on your feet again. All right, I stand up. She says, oh, "Child, you bow to no one." Okay. She says, questionably. (laughs) I'm glad that you have returned. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Kind of the same. (laughs) Kind of the same? Yeah. (laughs) What's that mean? (laughs) Well, she was surrounded by... (laughs) She was surrounded by thousands of goblins that wanted to eat her last time, so she's not thrilled to be here, (laughs) but... (laughs) Um, at this point, the rest of the goblin women have kind of come and, and formed a circle around you, and it seems like they're chanting something. Um, and give me one, uh, one more perception check with this. As the uh, eldest woman, the one I was talking to, pulls out this scroll and it kind of opens it up. Nineteen. Nineteen. You see on this scroll a, a depiction of, of a woman um, who arguably would look very similar to you. 
she is she's a woman on a horse and on the back of the horse there's a little goblin girl as well um, and like same hair color same builds can't really make out the face but it's enough to be like whoa <laughs> what <laughs> okay and is she just looking at the scroll herself um, she's looking at the scroll and the rest of them are chanting um, around you I don't think that you understand their language. Uh, I don't. Yeah, so they're just speaking audibly, but you have no idea what they're saying. Right. Um, and at that point, you hear kind of a loud ruckus in, in the back, um, and out comes this, this male goblin um, holding some, a jar of something. He comes out and he says, Oh, I, hey, how's it going? Um, how's my common? I don't get to practice very much, except for, you know, like... Hold still, or you're next, that kind of thing. It sounds good. Great, great. Who are you? Uh, my name is Paidwin, and uh, it's nice to meet you, fabled one of prophecy. Paidwin, we're in the middle of something. The woman wait, says. Wait, wait, what? Prophecy? Pay him no mind. Paidwin. Just bring me the jar. Yeah, yeah, it's right, right here. Who turned out all the torches? I thought we were saving those for like a special occasion. And Penelope leaves your side and goes over to, to him. They seem pretty chummy. And you would probably assume at that point, once seeing Penelope, that she was the one responsible for the torches because she does stuff like that. Oh, you rascal. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your hard work that collects the oil, I see. Well... Aren't you just a sweetie? <laughs> um, you hand the jar over to the old woman. Um, and she she kind of mixes it up a bit and takes a s- spoonful and, and looks over at Yushe and puts her two fingers on the spoon and, and, and reaches out to, to smear it on your forehead. I'll let her do it. Um, and it is oddly aromic. That's the right word, right? Aromatic. Aromatic? Aromic. Sure. Smells aromic. good. Yeah, aromic. <laughs> smells like potpourri, but slimier. <laughs> All right. <laughs> she puts it on um, while she kind of says something in what you would assume is the goblin tongue. Um, and then she says, Have you come to save us? If I can, I will. All right. All right. <laughs> and then they start oh, cheering. That's just, that's just swell. <laughs> I don't think that um, the uh, king will be too happy. Oh well. <laughs> and she just like grins very wide. We've been waiting for this day for so long. Really? Well, get to it. What am I supposed to do? S- aren't you going to save us? Well... You don't know what's happening, do you? No, no, I do not. Well, me neither. But I know what's going to happen. She pulls out this this crystal ball. It looks a lot like the one that you had before. Um, She offers it up to you. I'll grab it. And grab it. And as soon as you put your hands around this thing, this familiar sensation that you've had so many times already, (laughs) um, the world just goes white. Um, and things start to fill in every now and again. You see now that the, the sky has its color back um, in your vision. And you're, you're in a camp. And you kind of 
zooming in, zooming out, and getting close-up views of some things, and then back out, you see groups of people kind of running around the camp. Looks like they're panicking, um, and then it zooms in on this group of of uh, men in dark cloaks that you would recognize the cloaks immediately as the same as the one that the the monkey dude skeleton guy was. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I keep calling them monkeys. They have wings, but whatever <laughs> was wearing. And one by one, they start to turn um, from men into those creatures. Um, And you see that um, they start to spread out over the town and they start to start slaughtering all of the people um, until uh, you notice from behind you a large flame, a cone of fire just dropped from the sky um, in the distance. And you think, oh great, there's fire coming from the sky. Um, But then it starts moving towards the camp very quickly. Uh, and that the panic starts to spread and when all the the rest of the villagers become aware of what's happening and everybody starts rushing towards the tunnels but just a little bit too late uh, most everybody in the camp was just blown down by this fire um, so hot that there was just nothing left just piles of ash no not even bones um, but you see kind of um, these figures making their way into the caves just in time before the fire hits. They're quite a bit larger than the villagers, and so you can tell that they're not human. Mm-hmm. And then everything just kind of disappears, and you're back into the uh, back in the cave in front of this woman. She's really close in front of your face, just like eyes wide, like with a grin. Huh? What? What did you see? Um, a lot of destruction. Well, of course, but what? What, what? (laughs) My brain. Um. They won't let me look at it. (laughs) I want to look at it. There's not much to do down here. I want (laughs) to take notes on it. You're not the chosen one. (laughs) You don't want either. Well, I'm chosen to find the chosen one. No. (laughs) Um... The, there was hooded men that I've seen before, and they turned into things I have fought before, and they destroyed a lot of stuff. That's a lot. Shay's like mind blown right now. She just looks a little bit confused. And so what? What? What about them? Why do we care? Because they'll they're they're gonna destroy everything. Well, there's there's no way they could get in our tunnels, right? No, I saw them go into the tunnels. She kind of gets a little bit closer and kind of admittingly says, I I haven't actually seen this stuff. Don't tell the other girls. She nods her head. (laughs) Paidwin gets in close and is like, What do they look like? Well, at first they were flying bone creatures and then... They were non, non-human big creatures going into the caves. <laughs> Whatever they are, they're powerful. But I've killed one before. Well, that's Lots nice. Well, that's but not good. that many. <laughs> they can die. That's great. <laughs> How many of you did you take to do that? Oh, gosh, she's using her fingers <laughs> to count. Six. Oh. Six, seven, and a goat, and we lost one. Oh. A goat? A goat. A goat. A goat. The goat didn't do much. Their mouths start watering <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> no. No goat. <laughs> well, do you think you can uh, 
convince the king? I know you tried before. But if you don't, then I don't know. I don't know if we can stop them. Takes a lot more uh, little goblins to stop one of those things, I imagine. Yeah. Well, Pedwin, you take the chosen one over to the king. I, I don't... He likes you. Wait. Yeah, wait, wait, yeah he but... does. I'm pretty tight with the king, you know. Yeah, don't be so smug about it. The king's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> I have, have my cake and eat it too kind of goblin, you know. If I gave him the orb, could he see what was in the orb? I'm afraid only the chosen one can see. And me, of course. The chosen, to find the chosen. <laughs> well, my um, techniques didn't work last time. And um, I barely got <laughs> out. I call them techniques. And I, I really don't want to, you know, um, die. Because then I really can't, you know, help you guys. Hey, if all else fails, you just challenge him to uh, the, the good old pitchfork duty. Pitchfork duty? Mm-hmm. What's that? Uh, yeah, he'll know. So uh, if it fails, I say I challenge you to pitchfork duty? Mm-hmm. And that will save me. Mm-hmm. I don't... Give me an insight check. Okay, <laughs> inside <Fails>. check. Yeah. <laughs> uh, four. Yeah, I think just because you're not real familiar with goblin culture, it's hard for you to really catch their nuances of lies. So yeah, you definitely believe her. <laughs> she, de or she definitely seems to be telling the truth. And confident. What was it called again? Pitchfork duty. Pitchfork duty? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Um. Oh my gosh. Can is that um thing still leading me somewhere? Yeah. It's stone. Yeah, the, the stone. stone. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's still pulling you, um, in that same direction you remember from the last time you were in here. Still pointing in that same direction. Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess here we go again. Um, let me think. What was your name again? My name is Paidwin. Paidwin? Yeah. Like, right. I'll get paid when I'm dead. You'll get paid when you're dead. Paidwin. All right. Does the king actually like you? Yeah, we're, we're pretty tight. I mean, I'm kind of a likable guy. I don't know if you noticed, but I've got this smile and both eyes, most of my teeth. What's not to like? All right. <clears throat> Any tips for convincing the king? Well, uh, he likes pretty much being in charge. So if you kind of fan his ego, that's not going to go wrong. Um, and he likes to drink. In fact, I usually try to bring him a little bottle of something. Um, just because that keeps me on his good side. Especially if I pull it out right when he thinks he's out. If he happens to remember the next day, that's a lot of brownie points for me. Do you have anything? Do I have anything? Yeah, I'm sure you're, you're basically the royal cupbearer. So you've always got something there to... I mean, you're not actually designated as the World Cup bearer, but you're always giving them something to drink. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to my uh, pack, and I've got a, a flask that says Steve on it. 
and it looks like it's, you know, made recently. There's a little blood on it. Can I have it? Yeah, yeah, sure. sure. Thank you. Um, uh, yeah, I guess they'll still be happy to see me. Okay. She takes it and pockets it. Well, you best be off. Sounds like we don't have a whole lot of time. Not really. Okay. Shoo shoo. All right. Lead the way. Yeah, all right, all right. Well, here's the thing you need to know. So, I, I know the perfect way to get there, but um, once we're there, don't out me, all right? I was never here. I don't know these ladies, okay? That's just very important. I keep my life very separate. You see, I enjoy feasting and living among my folk, but they don't appreciate my academic pursuits. They don't like it when they see me thinking or writing, so I do that down here, all right? Okay. So, uh, I found you, like, up there under the sun or something to that extent and escorted you down here. And if anyone asks, uh, you could barely keep up with all the turns we took. And I took you a crazy way so that you couldn't find your way out if you were an enemy. And you believe me that you're in danger? Uh, I don't really care, honestly. But... Uh, as soon as we're out of eye shot, I wouldn't mind taking a look at that crystal ball. Will you break it? No! No, I just want to touch it. Okay. They always said I couldn't touch it, and I just want to feel its weight on my finger pads. Okay. <laughs> Are we out of sight? Yeah. Yeah. I, you kind of hear the yeah. You kind of hear the the gob the goblin women talking amongst each other as they go. You hear the oldest one, the older one that was talking to you go. See, I told you she would come. Isn't she wonderful? Uh, so once you're out of sight, you kind of give that to him. Yeah. And this is like the moment you've been waiting for yeah. for yeah. years. You've been hearing about this thing. And so it starts coming towards you real slow. It looks like the size of a melon in front of your face. Uh-huh. You get your hands around it. And it's just it's just like this clammy, cold ball. And just real anticlimactic. I push my nose against it. Yeah, and it just slides right off because of all the bubbles you got coming out. Mm. <laughs> I listen to it. Sounds like the sea. Like a seashell. That's nice. But be, be honest with me. Did you see anything when you looked at that? Or are you just like, oh, crap, there's a bunch of goblins. I hope they don't eat me. I'm going to pretend there's a thing. I've been here before, and I didn't have the orb, and I survived. And I actually trust Penelope, so... Well, yeah, she's a good kid. But, mm-hmm. I mean, when you looked at the this thing, and mm-hmm. I hand it back, it's slimy. I grab it. Yeah. And nothing, nothing really happens. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, it would be kind of weird if I made up the fact that I saw fire come down from the heaven and scorch an entire village. And then a whole bunch of really creepy things go into your caves. I mean, that's a little oddly specific, but I've made up quite a whopper or two on the fly. I don't know. Either way, let's go. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know exactly, you know these caves <coughs> by heart. You could walk them blindfolded, penguin. Pain- uh, penguin. 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 Like penguin, but penguin. Yeah. It's not like penguin. Penguin, <laughs> uh, so you, you lead them quick, real quick, uh, to that same door that you saw previously when you were down here in Shay, and you know that it leads to like the mess hall Mm -hmm. Um, you can immediately before it's even open you hear a lot of ruckus in there you take a deep breath Mm -hmm. 
You know what's coming on the other side. <sighs> Do you open it? Yes. And uh, Penelope's just like standing between you two, just like taking turns looking up at each of you. And occasionally she'll like try to like peek into Pagwin's bag. She likes to mess with his stuff. <laughs> I'm like, sure, sure. <laughs> you open the door? Yep. I open the door. And I'm going to roll perception for them. No. <laughs> Nobody notices the door is open. <laughs> um, a two on the dice. So yeah, the door is open, and you see in front of you. Give me a perception check. Nine. Nine. Uh, you notice that the throne is empty. Uh, or the big wooden chair that the king was sitting in. <laughs> um, there's just a bunch of little goblins <clears throat> at all the tables and up in the rafters and all across the walls in their little coves up there. Um, thousands of goblins just like before, but it doesn't look like there's a king around. Are they, like, partied out right now? Let's see, what time is it? It's morning. Yeah, it's it's like the end of the night for them. Mm -hmm. So a lot of them are like slumped over on the table. Um, a lot of them, a lot of laughing, some fighting throughout. But it's it's kind of like the end of the night for them. There's a lot of open spaces at the tables. Still a lot of goblins though. Um, they're they're all pretty spent right now. It's like what Tuesday for you above grounders, so they're they're going pretty hard down here. I'm gonna cast disguise self on me and make me look like a goblin. Okay. Done. You look like a goblin. <laughs> a gross little goblin. Actually, for the record, these goblins aren't all gross. They look they look a little more humanoid than your typical D and D goblins. I mean, Penelope's pretty cute. Yeah, Penelope's adorable. Uh, I turn around and I'm like, oh well, and I lost her. That's just great. Um. And I kick uh, Goblin, I'm like, Timothy, have you seen that? I tap him on the shoulder. Yeah, excuse me. Timothy, have you <laughs> seen... Excuse me. Can what? you keep leading the way? Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. Never mind, Tim. Uh, look out for yourself down there. And I kind of step over him, and I'm like, uh, this way, and uh, lead up to the, the throne. Is there anyone hanging out there? Uh, no, this... this people have pretty much left that whole section mm -hmm. altogether. So there's like a 10 square foot around the throne where nobody steps on. Um, you could get, well, you would know that the king is very sensitive about his, his throne. Mm -hmm. and he doesn't want anybody else touching it. Mm -hmm. Or heads will roll. Uh, across the top of the throne, there are little skeleton heads. They, they don't look like human skeleton heads. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, you would... Because you you cast the sky self, so you still maintain your actual self. You just appear differently. Mm -hmm. So your arms get shorter and your legs get shoulder. Yeah. And no one should really know where your your arms and hands stop. But Penelope just like knows exactly where to grab for your hand, <laughs> <laughs> and then starts kind of pulling you towards the the middle of the room. Alright, I follow. Yes. Well, we'll just follow her then. <laughs> she seems to know what she's doing. Yeah, yeah usually. Think. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you hear a lot of slurred speech around all the tables. Almost, 
almost 100% of it is all in goblin speech occasionally. Somebody will be, like, standing up on the table talking in common tongue, like, mockingly. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Damien, if your mom heard you say that, what would happen? My goodness. <laughs> Look at my shoes. <laughs> I have real shoes like a real human boy. <laughs> he doesn't have real shoes. <laughs> <laughs> He just wrapped a cloth around his feet. Most of all of these goblins are barefoot, except for probably Pagwin, because he's got class. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> he likes light, sneaky feet. Yeah, yeah. So they're wrapped in cloth and got a little leather uh, pads on them and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you start to get closer to this uh, throne and give me a perception check. Ooh, 22. 22. Uh, you notice in the corner of this throne, uh, kind of sitting up against the back, tucked in the corner, is that mirror? Swiping it. <laughs> uh, do you want to slide a hand check to see if you can do it unnoticed? Yes, please. All right. They're all pretty wasted, so advantage. Advantage? You all don't right. need it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I got like a 26. Uh, yeah, you got your mirror back, um, and nobody, nobody noticed. But give me a... Uh, well, no, you already you got the perception. And so you noticed on your way up that there was um, some loose blocks in the steps um, that you would probably try to avoid stepping on. All right. So you managed to get to the mirror and grab it and get off no problem. Perfect. Um, but you find when you uh, try to step off of that step, there's, there's like a wall. But you can see straight through it. Um, there's just a wall keeping you from stepping off of the platform. And and uh, Penelope's just like sit, standing at the bottom of the steps, just shaking her head a little bit disappointed. <sighs> she sighs. <laughs> um, and she touches the wall with, with her finger after kind of looking around her shoulder to see if anybody's watching. Um, and you see like this little shimmer and wave, and the wall goes away. I walk through it quickly. Yeah. And, and then I look down to her and I say, Thank you. Yeah. Um, along with that perception check to spot the mirror as you're st- getting closer to this throne, uh, you rolled like a 20-something. Um, you would have also noticed kind of up higher on one of the rafters, um, there was a very large door um, with, with a wreath at the top of it and a very large knocking knob. Knocking knob? Knocker. Knob. And you said a that's... A large knocker. Like... Thank you. Upstairs? <laughs> or like just farther down... Like behind the throne? Like upstairs. Upstairs, okay. And where is the thing pulling me towards, the little rock? Um, it's pulling you in the direction of that, in that door, but you you wouldn't really know if it was pulling you up or down. All right, I'll just keep following that. And Penelope and Pagwin. Yeah. Got three things leading me somewhere. <laughs> That's hopefully not going to kill me, but... <laughs> well, Pagwin, uh, give me a perception check for you. Eight. Eight. You don't notice where she's looking. You don't notice that she's got a rock po- guiding her. Got, know, everybody's got a rock. Yeah. I've got a rock. <laughs> she, I don't know if you're like holding it in front of you like a compass or if you're it, trying to It's be like able... in my pocket, so I'd like stick my hand in my pocket and hold it every once in a while to see mm. if it's still pulling me in the direction. Yeah. And you don't really notice any of that. But you do notice that she's, she's walking in a direction because you walk towards the wall uh, or... In towards the door, but it's on the, the second level. Mm-hmm. So you would walk a little bit past that area, and they would start pulling you back. And so you see her kind of walking forward, and walking back, and like walking forward trying to figure out it, and you're like, oh, 
it's upstairs. Um, so you start looking around for a staircase, and there is one on both sides of the wall. Um, so you could go up either on the left or the right. All right, I'm going to look at Penelope, and I'm going to point both directions. <laughs> she just, like, shrugs. All right. And you can you can tell that they lead kind of to the same place. All right, I'll yeah. go on the right then. Okay. Interesting choice. <laughs> Should I go on the left? I didn't say that. I just <laughs> said interesting choice. Well, I was asking. <laughs> I look down at Penelope and I wink at her. I'm like, she's going right. <laughs> <laughs> Penelope just kind of chuckles. <laughs> Not because the joke's really funny, just because she thinks he's funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, she's gonna con- she's gonna continue going right up the stairs. Okay, the stairs seem to be strewn with um, which goblins. Like, passed out, just laying all up over the stairs. This place is littered with goblins. A lot of them sleeping, a lot of them just staring at the sky. Um, but why don't you give me a... Uh, dude, what do you do if sleight of hand is hands? What do you do for feet? Stealth? Wouldn't that be aerobics, maybe? Or Acrobatic. Acrobatics. Acrobatics. <laughs> and, Acrobatics. And two. Uh, <laughs> or stealth. It's a dexterity thing. Yeah, yeah let's do a stealth. To see if you can, right. yeah, avoid stepping on these goblins or anything like oh, that. Oh, eleven! <laughs> you got, I got no, eleven. <laughs> no, you got a crit fail. But I got eleven. You got a crit fail. I have a plus ten. I got eleven. <laughs> I it can't be terrible because I have eleven. Crit fails are only in attacks. Huh. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Yes. No. Lisa, read the book. Crick, crick, crick I don't want to read the book. In the text. It's funnier if she crit okay. fails. No. Yeah. It can't be super terrible because I have. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> no, it's not like super terrible. You lit the whole staircase on fire somehow. But you do, like, you're walking up and you kick a few and they start stirring and you kind of move a little bit quicker trying to get up. You're just a little bit rushed okay. in a hurry to get up there. Okay. And so you do cause a little bit of noise. So they're aware of your presence. Not but that look, you're a human. But that I'm... Yeah. But that's a walking. Yeah. Okay. I just turn around from the steps and I'm kind of looking over the crowd. I'm like, Paul, Taylor, get a room. And then I keep walking. <laughs> <laughs> um, just like the stairs, this the hallway all the way up to the door on both sides is just kind of strewn with, with goblins throughout. Um, but right in front of the door is a very clear opening where nobody is sitting, standing, or laying. I'm going to look at Penelope and be like, is there a wall here too? She just shakes her head no. Is the rock still pulling me? Yeah. Pulling you straight at that door. Does it open? Do I have to knock or is it is it like locked? You want to check if it's locked? Yeah, I want to check if it's locked. It's locked. It's yeah. locked. I'm going to un- unlock it. Okay. Give me a give me a lock pick. Whoa, whoa. This is a king's door. Wait a minute. Uh... So, remember, just the tacts, remember the, the silver of your tongue here, not the, the work of your lockpicks here. Do you have that flask candy? Mm-hmm. Okay, then. And I grab the knocker and I bang it three loud times. I'm like, you won't mind as much. I put my hands up, sorry. You hear this loud growling. Where, where do you want? Hey, boss, I'm back from my adventures. Oh, oh, um, Pedwin, Pedwin. Yeah, yeah, come on in. And he, you hear this click. Uh, we'll give him, like, 
10 seconds just to let himself get decent if he remembers. Otherwise, just, I don't know, shield your eyes. Pavement had a few two, two bad experiences. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, pull the door open. Okay. Yeah, and the, the king's just kind of sitting on the side of his bed with his feet feet hanging off. They don't quite touch the floor. It's a giant bed. But he is semi-clothed. It's Good. okay. All right, all right. <laughs> he, he looks up and sees all three of you, and his eyes kind of linger on Penelope. He's like, Oh, Penelope. Rubs his eyes. Where, they found you. Where'd you find her? Oh, you know how it is. She finds you. You don't find Penelope. <laughs> and it looks like, like he's like trying to look at you, but you can tell that his eyes never quite land on you. <laughs> they go go off to the side or, or up or down. I'm still recovering from the previous night's shindigs. How long have you been asleep, boss? You don't seem very drunk at all. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I hold it really well. And he's just like, his eyes start to droop. He nods off a little bit. Yeah, really well. Uh, what, do you, what do you want? I just came in, you know, it's not often enough we get to talk. I brought a friend. Uh, uh, they want to they tell you something. They say it's important, but, you know, I don't know. You, you decide what's important. I just thought maybe you'd like to swap stories. I've been off having adventures, you know. He's like, rubs his eyes, stretches, continues to rub his eyes with one and puts with one hand and puts his hand out with the other one like he's expecting something. Uh, Shay walks up and puts a drink in his hand. Oh, look at that. There you go. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Pedwin. And he looks up and sees that it wasn't Pedwin to put it in his hand. Looks over at you and he's like, Oh, well, what's, uh, what's your name, pretty lady? Gob- goblin lady? Ray. Ray. That sounds strangely familiar. And he takes a drink. <laughs> Well, I mean, you've known a lot of ladies in your day, boss. <laughs> That's true. Hey, not in front of the lady. You're going to spoil my chances. Uh, yeah, I just meant to, you know, because you're so well-spoken. <laughs> he's he's going to, like, put his hand over his mouth like he's trying to be quiet, but you can hear everything, shit. <laughs> I was going to try to play the shy card. Oh, well, I don't know. That's, uh... It's not really your thing, you know. You kind of like go get out, and I like flex and grab my arm. No, 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 no. <laughs> Penelope just like looks up at Shay and she just shakes her head no slowly, just shrugs, <laughs> a little bit in disgust. <laughs> See what I have to deal with. <laughs> um, he looks back over at Shay and takes another swig. Oh, what do you what do you want? Again? I've I've seen visions. You brought me a fortune teller paid one? Well, I mean what were you doing? Alright, what do you have to say? <laughs> <laughs> Got anything better to do? <laughs> I've seen visions of you saving your people. Alright. I do that every every day. Every day I'm alive. I save lives. How so? He tries to wink, but he just blinks really slowly. How <laughs> so? I mean, I'm I'm the king. Mm-hmm. Every every good thing that happens here is because of me. 
Boy, I've I've witnessed lots of things. Have you witnessed lots of bad things? Well, what is good without bad thing things? <laughs> he looks how very wise. He he was looking confused, but then you say that and he like gets confident again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I see a chance for you to be more remembered than any other king before or to come. Well, that's a lot of remembered. <laughs> uh, how could you forget me? <laughs> I might not, but generations to come may never get the chance to meet you, but they could hear of your stories. That's why I had that made. And he points over to a really large statue that looks like a really good-looking man. <laughs> <laughs> I found that. <laughs> I told them that's what he looks like. Don't you ruin the secret or it'll freaking kill me. <laughs> well, <laughs> that will be very helpful, but wouldn't you rather have a story to go along with it? story to be remembered by? A story? What what kind of story? Are you going to tell me a story? Mm-hmm. And he smiles a little bit. Okay, go. He takes another drink. <laughs> there once were wizards. Six wizards. These wizards were not good wizards. They were controlled by a woman who was not a good woman. And this woman wanted to destroy all kinds of things. What was her name? Goblins. Well, what's what's her name? <laughs> do do I know do I know her? Do you know her? Yeah. She's a woman with no name. Uh huh. Okay. Because no man could call upon her. Until she met me, right? Right. Well. Yes. Am I in this this story? You will be. Yes. Oh, okay. Let's. <laughs> Skip, skip to that part. <laughs> You're losing him. Pick it up. Pick it up. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, this woman is dark. She's very, 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 very dark and evil. And I don't like her already. <laughs> <laughs> she came to you in a dream and told you that there would be fire and destruction and the wizards would rampage your tunnels and kill every living thing inside. But if you were out there first and got there first, that you could save every goblin and you could be remembered for generations to come as the king who saved his kind. Um, hi, Low. Low. No, he uh, he he fell asleep a little bit. <laughs> he just, I'm he just, so hard. He just kind of dozed <laughs> off, and you see the flask kind of like spilling a little bit. Penguin like reaches over and like tilts it back up. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's starting to snore. I'm having flashbacks to hanging out with a buddy of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Is there lanterns? Um, are there lanterns? No, just residual light from the outside. 
He did, he did, well, he didn't have anything lit. Anyway. He didn't have anything lit? All right, well, I'm still holding my lantern. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make my lantern bigger. Make it foof. And then I'm going to make little, um, the little skeleton things that I saw appear in the fire. Oh. And he, he's going to, like, wake up with a start and see that. I'm holding it up so he can see it. Just, like, right in his face? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then I'm going to make appear the, um... The things I saw going into the cave. I'm gonna reenact that in the fire. You brought a witch in here. He reaches over to grab grab his club off the side of the bed. I told you not to come up here. I didn't know she was a witch. I thought she was like a fortune teller. Get out of here, you dirty witch! (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a witch. It's not me. I will end you. It's not me, it's the woman. It's not me. Alright, give me a deception. Against his insight. <laughs> He's not very insightful. <laughs> he got a four. I got a 23. 23. Oh, uh, sorry. And he puts the club back on the ground. Um, why is she doing that? She's trying to warn you that this is what will happen. These creatures are going to rampage your cage. Rampage your kingdom. My cage. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean to say cage. (laughs) Sits up a little bit taller. I haven't. You hear him kind of mumble to himself. I haven't been in a cage in years. This crazy look comes on his face. He looks at his hand again. Where's where's my mirror? Give him my mirror. Somebody get my mirror. You, you probably left it uh, down in the banquet hall, you know. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to see myself. I might well just look at your statue. It's right there. Oh, uh, you're, you're, you're right. Um, yes. I know, right? Lucky us. <laughs> just looking at that old day. <laughs> um, hi or low? Hi. Um, he kind of looks at his statue and he blinks a few times and he looks a little bit more focused than he was before. Um, and he looks over at you and says, Shay. What? Shay. You I... said you were Shay. No, no, my name's Ray. Like, a Ray, Ray like a beam. A beam of... A ray of darkness. A ray of sunshine. Ray. Shay. That was pretty close. Do you know about Shay? Nah, I do not, sir. (coughs) His voice is gonna get pretty hard. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. Well, I'm not interested in the woman. What about interested in saving all your people? Give me a persuasion check. You're trying to get him to like take up arms and go out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give me a persuasion. Seventeen. Yeah, you're like putting on the performance of your life. 
You're not used to talking your way out of things. No, I'm not. More like running your way out of things. Yes. Uh, Like unseen, (laughs) running away unseen. Yes. (laughs) You're just standing here in front of him, very much exposed, just pouring out these words, and it looks like they're clicking in his brain. He like kind of starts to straighten up a little bit, reaches for his club. It looks like he's, he's about to like become a hero, you know, rise to the occasion. He stands up, but then like this... Give me a perception check. Eight. Uh, Paige and you as well. Six. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, so you don't you don't really know this what's happening, but something about his his demeanor changes, and he gets a little bit slumped again, and then he looks back up at you or back down at you because you look like a goblin, so you're shorter, and he says. I won't be taking up arms against my lady. It's not my lady that you'll be taking your arms up against. You said it was her. What are you talking about, boss? She's the one that's. Are you talking about your ex wife? No. <laughs> you can go. He tells Pedro. Okay, well, I'll be right outside with more booze. Goodbye. I'm leaving now. This is me exiting Penelope. Come on, or stay. I don't care. Do whatever you do. Goodbye. (laughs) He kind of looks down at Penelope, thinks about telling her to leave, but doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) And looks back over at Shay, and you can tell that you're not sure, quite sure what it is, but you can tell that something has changed about him. Um, that he's not quite as goofy, I guess. Just more drony and stern. Um, and he says, This is part of the plan. Part of the plan? Yeah. If they die, they, they die. Shay's Shay's gonna lash out at him with her sword. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, I don't really know what the parameters of a surprise attack are. (laughs) He's not expecting that, so that would be surprise, right? I mean, it's unwarranted... Unexpected? I, I don't know. I'll do it. Yeah, surprise attack, so it's advantage. Heck yeah. I got a 20. Yeah, that hits. And 10 damage. Did you do your sneak attack? Oh, no. 15. 19. You only get two d6? I get three d6. 19. 22. <laughs> Did 22 damage. Freaking rogues and monks, man. <laughs> They're crazy. Okay, great. Um, so you just like slash at him. Pretty much it like straight across his neck. Like he should be decapitated. You just hit him so hard and he wasn't expecting it. But for some reason, like blood's not coming out of his neck. Um, there's a pretty deep gash, but nothing's flowing. Um, and he just kind of looks at you. 
and we're going to roll initiative. Ah, crap. I got a 16. 16? Mm -hmm. Did you get paid one? 12. 12, 16. So it'll be Shay, Paidwin, then the Goblin King. So you you slice him across the neck, should be decapitated. He just looks down at you and glowers, um, and it's your turn. My turn? Yeah. I get to go again? Yeah. Repeat. That was a surprise attack. Shoot. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Um, does a... 11 hit. No, ma'am. Darn. It does not. <sighs> okay. okay. But I'm going to hit him with my offhand. Okay. Sweet. With my dagger? Or no, I'll just... Yeah, my dagger. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I have my dagger. My, but I didn't hit him because no, I got a 10. But I, it looked cool. <laughs> God, you swung in the air twice. <sighs> one side, one side. Yeah. Woo! Uh, are you... Uh, are you making a lot of noise or are you just slicing quick because you don't slicing want to alert quick. the other goblins? Yeah? Quiet. Yeah. So why don't you give me a... But it's, Penelope sees. Yeah, Penelope is just kind of like staring and looking, like sitting on a stool watching like it's a show. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pedwin, it is your turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you give me a perception check to see if you can tell that there is a scuffle. Okay. And are you just kind of like standing there with your kind of ear pressed to the door? Or? That's literally what I was picturing, yeah. Yeah, so just beat 10 then. Okay. But what die will I use? <laughs> <laughs> Not the swamp green one. Nope, that one's gone. 17. 17, yeah. You hear, all you hear is like the unsheathing of swords and daggers. Mm-hmm. And you hear this like dull like um that you would recognize as cutting flesh. Um, so you know that something is going down. Um, and it is your turn. Uh, I crack the door open and look. Yeah. <laughs> you see this crazy, dull, vacant expression on the Goblin King's face, which mm-hmm. doubtfully you've ever seen before. Really? It's not like... It's not his normal. Normal. <laughs> no. Okay. He's... His, he's he's strangely focused, but still vacant. His, like, his not, spark of defiance is missing. Yes. There's nothing going on in there, but his eyes are trained on her, which mm-hmm. is probably the biggest difference for you, yeah. because his eyes are <laughs> not always wandering. wandering. <laughs> but they're just, like, trained down at her, and he's, like, gripping his club real tight, and you see this big gash across his neck. Oh, jeez. Um, well, I, I kind of go in and close the door real soft behind me. I'm going <laughs> to look around the room. Uh... Where's the flask? The flask? It's uh, my first line of defense. Yeah, well, he's he's still holding that because he was drinking it. Uh, so he's got the flask in one hand and the big club in the other hand. Uh, uh, I'm just going to kind of walk up casually and be like, oh, let me hold that for you. Good luck <laughs> with that there. Oh, man. She's like fiery, scary lady there. Good thing we got you around to protect us. <laughs> and I just kind of want to, I'm just kind of like monologuing like that and I just want to pop it out of his hands and walk away casually if I can. <laughs> um, well, he's just like sitting there gripping real tight with both with both hands. So he's grabbing onto the flask. It's uh-huh. not just like loose there because uh-huh. he's intense right now. Huh. So I think it would be competing strengths checks. Oh, okay. Would I be able to say something while he's talking? 
Yeah, yeah, voices of free action. Voices of free action. Sick. Um, it's not him. She's got him. That's cool. I don't know what you're talking about. Give me a freaking roll the two. You roll the sixteen. You're just like you're just like almost climbing up, using his leg as a brace, both hands on the bottle, pushing off, and it's just not budging. You've had enough. You have enough. <laughs> Share the booze. <laughs> and it's his turn, um, and he just drops the flask. Thank you. <laughs> and he's going fly, yeah. flying back into the bed. Um, and he reaches out to grab Shay um, and wants to throw her onto the ground. Um, so it would be strength versus uh, your dexterity. Or athletics versus acrobatics. All right. We're competing strength chase if you prefer. Nope. I got a 15. Yeah, you struggle and you're like ducking, dodging, weaving and whatnot. Well, actually more so it's that you look different. So he's like grabbing for your throat as a goblin, but it ends up being like your stomach. So he grabs your tunic, um, just throws you down into the ground and you are prone and he's going to take a swing at you. Um, You're prone, so I believe it's advantage. Okay. Does a an eighteen hit? Yes. Okay, that's gonna be six damage. All right. And it's your turn. He's not making any noises. You would expect a goblin this size to be like growling, trash talking, but he's just like stern face, grab, throw, and smash you with his club. Okay. Um, and does it, how do I get unprone? Does that take my action? I always forget how that works. Yeah, well, half your he, movement. Half my movement? Yeah, but he's, he's like, uh, it was like a, he threw you down with, with him, so he's like he's still, still grappling you. Yeah, so <laughs> it would be another strength versus acrobatics check. And would that take my whole turn? Or would I still be able to slash at him? Yeah, well, let's, we'll say you can still slash at him. Alright. Even if you fail, you can still slash at him. It's just a disadvantage if you're prone in attack. Okay. Yeah, I'll try to get away, and then I'm going to try to hit him. Okay. You got a seven. I got a seven. You acrobatics? I did acrobatics. Meets mm. it beats. She's the one attempting something, so does it meet? I think, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, you manage to squirm free and, and, and break loose and get up. Alright, and then I'm going to hit it the, his neck again, if that's where I hit last time. Yeah. 17 to hit? No. Oh, dang. But All you right. see you see Penelope, like, clapping on the stool. <laughs> like, oh, oh, my Shay. gosh. Can I use my offhand, or was that is that too much to do with getting up to? Uh, offhand is a bonus action. Yeah, go for it. I think that's legit. Nope. Well, you tried. Mm-hmm. And Pageman, your turn. Uh, so I'm, like on the bed and the flask is like spilling on my chest a little bit and I tip it up and then um, I'm like behind him right now, right? Yeah. I want to rifle through my bag and uh, look for some poison. Mm, yeah. Uh, your trusty little vial. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons the king likes you so much mm-hmm. is that you'll do a lot of the 
cowardly work that he will not do. Well, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's <laughs> not purpose in life. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you see a little green vial with a cork stuck in the top of it. I almost open it with my teeth, and then I think better, and I want to pop it open carefully and tip it into the flask and close it and shake it up real good. Yeah. Um, and you know that this, this particular poison is, is one that affects the blood. Um, so it, it makes it so people bleed a lot mm-hmm. and it like thins the blood out So even a paper cut you'll just like end up gushing blood well, an alcohol already does that so will <laughs> be our freaking we fountain. Can make him freaking bleed in the first place. He's gonna be like a fountain. Yeah <laughs> uh, Yeah, I'll, I'll, that's probably takes an action huh? to find it. Yeah. yeah Yeah, and fill it shake yeah. it up. Yeah, okay. Yeah um, and it's his turn now. Why don't you both give me perception checks? Eight. Fourteen. Fourteen. Uh, Shay, you don't realize this, but, um, Pedwin, you, having been around the king for so long, you know what he wears, you know what he drinks, you know what he eats, all that stuff. Um, he has this, uh... Uh, silver ring with a clear jewel in the top of it mm-hmm. that he always wears uh, but you can see now that the the hand that's on on the ground that sh- that just broke free from uh, that Shay just broke free from mm-hmm. um it's it's glowing black now which is weird to you you've never seen that before and he's going to uh, swing twice at you Shay with his club just uh, cross both sides. Does a 15 or 14 hit? No. No. Heck yeah. Dodging and weaving. Uh, does your disguise go away when it's disrupted? Like when somebody, when you're damaged? Is it a concentration? Um, it's an illusion. So it just stays for how long? An hour. Yeah, it hasn't, it hasn't mm-hmm. been an hour yet. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, just like, you know, if... It's just everything's in, it's all the illusion. Things can so he recognize can go it. that, that it's not real. If they investigate, mm-hmm. like pass their hand through it, mm-hmm. or if they make a, um, I think it's a wisdom perception against something she does to counter it. Yeah, but otherwise it just stays for an hour. Yep. Great. They uh, can use an action to expect it. Oh. Okay. And an intelligence or investigation check against my spell save DC. Oh, there you go. Sweet. So he takes two swings at you with his club. Each time you dodge, you hear this clapping from behind you. <laughs> and it's your turn again. Back with that sword. Ten. No, ma'am. A dagger. Ooh, that one's a 25. Yeah, it hits. And then I get a 1d4. Eight damage. Eight damage. Alright. And Pedwin, your turn. I'm just gonna kinda stand next to the Goblin King and I'm watching and I'm like, oh man, you're really getting worked up. Yeah, you should have a drink. Always, you know, I'll get you in the zone. And I like put up my fisticuffs and and you know, act like I'm shadow boxing for a second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you don't like put it to him you just like hold it out and just like yeah try to get him to take it yeah okay yeah and that's your turn yeah yeah so on on his turn he would react to that or actually no he wouldn't react to that 
Uh, he just does not care at all that you or the bottle is there. Oh, that's not like you at all, boss. <laughs> Something's wrong. <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> more and more about this is seeming like this something is is way off with him. It's not how it normally is or should be. And he's going to, again, take two swings at Shay. Does a 21 hit? Yes. A 12 does not, right? Nope. Great. And that's six damage. All right. And it's your turn, Shay. Gonna swing at him again. Swing, swing, swing. 13? No. Ooh, 25 again with that dagger. Yeah. With five damage. Okay. Um, Pedrin, you're up again. You see, you know, all these these cuts that she's inflicting on him are just like gashes, nothing coming out of him, and he just doesn't care at all. It's a vacant expression, that ring glowing black. Um, your turn. Okay. Uh, Pedwin's going to uh, jump up onto the bed, and he's like, all right then. Let's just do this my way. And he's going to spring off the bed and try to land on his head with his legs around uh, the king's throat. All right. Um, I don't want to do that as an attack roll. I want to do that because he's not even trying to dodge you. Mm-hmm. Just as a, a acrobatics check. Okay. Uh, and he's like five feet away from the bed at this point. All right. So be the 12. Uh, I got a nine. Okay. You... you Get onto him. You had your arms around his neck. Uh, so uh, your, your legs didn't quite make it over your shoulders, but you just, like, latched onto his back with your arms around his neck. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, and his turn again. And now he's noticing you because you're a little bit of a burden. <laughs> just giving you a hug, sir. <laughs> For moral support. <laughs> um, he's going to try to throw you off, so it'll be a, a strength versus dexterity, right? Or acrobatics versus athletics. Yeah, yeah. Um, He got a 20. I got a 15. Ooh, 16. 16. Nope, sorry. I rolled the 16. I get a 21. You got a 21? I thought that was a 10. Dude, just barely. You're holding on for dear life. You get an iron (laughs) grip on this guy. Um, So he couldn't throw you off, um, and it's going to be Shay's turn. Repeat. Rinse and repeat. Ooh, 25. is is uh is she advantage because you're flanking? flanking. <laughs> yeah, advantage because you're he's flanking on his back. <laughs> Darn it. Okay. Well, I got an eighteen plus the seven, so twenty five the first time. Okay. And it's a sneak then, attack. So I get to roll. Yeah, because any dice. yeah, anytime you have advantage on the three d six. This is gonna do it a little easier. Yeah. It's alrighty. And then, so I got. Put your modifier. 19 damage. 19 damage. Um, are you still swinging in his neck? Yeah. Watch my freaking arms, lady! <laughs> Just if she crit failed, man, you would have been losing fingers. <laughs> Holy cow, I do not need to shave my nails. <laughs> I'd say that the sword is with his neck, but the dagger might not be as easy with the yeah, neck. It's like but... stabbing at his ribs or something. Mm-hmm. So you've sunk in that dagger into his ribs a couple of times. His tunic, uh, or actually, no, he's not wearing a tunic. He's just, just bare skin. Winnie um, the Pooh in it? Yeah, Winnie the Pooh in it. <laughs> 
<laughs> the reverse. Reverse. <laughs> reverse. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, but there's gashes, holes in his ribs, um, but nothing's coming out. Um, and he slices his neck several times. It's it's about a quarter of the way through his neck. There's nothing there, but there's still nothing coming out. That's insane. It is insane. And Pedwin, your turn. Still clutching on for dear life. Uh, I kind of grab a lip and lift it up, and his teeth are probably like closed, huh? Yeah, he's like growling kind of thing, but he's not actually growling. So I'm like hanging on to his lip, and I'm like, oh, well, fine then. And I'm just going to shove the uh, flask open into the gap of his neck, pointing downward. I'm like, this is gross, but whatever. Here we go. My way. (laughs) 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 Okay. Yeah, it just starts, like, drizzling down. The only fluid coming out of his body is this drink. Mm-hmm. Um, you see, like, like a little bit of acid start to burn at his skin. Still no blood coming out, but you see it entering his body successfully. Oh, my goodness. I'm gonna have bad dreams for a long time now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his turn again. He's gonna try to throw you off again. Okay. Uh, so competing. So you got a 10 for his drink. Uh, seven plus five for twelve. Okay, and with his other action, it's because he's trying to throw you off. He can't, so he's gonna pull a uh, WWE move and just jump backwards, up and backwards, and try to land on top of you. Okay. So, Ouch. would a thirteen hit? No. How does that miss? How's that I work? do a I do a jujitsu move. You swing around to the front of him. Now you're on his stomach. Yeah. On top, you got him pinned. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Shay, your turn. Yeah. That's cooler than what I was gonna say. We'll go with that. <laughs> so he's on the ground. Yep. So he's prone. Yeah. And I get advantage. advantage. Yeah. Nineteen to hit. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um. Oh, wrong one. Yeah. And roll double damage plus your sneak attack double. Everything doubled. How do I... So I doubled the... Doubled the... Yeah, so you would be rolling four die. So roll eight die. Okay. Four. My brain. This is... Sixteen. <laughs> Thirty-one damage. Thirty-one <laughs> damage. Friggin' A. And now I get to hit him with my dagger. <laughs> yep. Yep. With advantage. With advantage. So I got 20. Yeah, it hits. 3d20 to hit. And double damage on that as well. Which, which is a d4. So 2 d4s. Those are sixes. And I got four, so eight damage. Eight damage. Heck yeah. So this guy looks like, a little bit like a rag doll at this point. Just sliced to pieces, gashes all over, holes in his gut and in his ribs. Seems like he should be dead, but he's still kicking and no blood coming out. Mm-hmm. And Peyton, your turn. Uh, boy, this is unreal. And um, I think to that uh, ring, and I'm going to freaking sneagle him. I'm like, my way! And I like go Superman jumping towards his uh, uh, hand, and I'm going to bite his freaking finger, and I'm going to try to bite it off. Oh my gosh. Um, 
I would do an attack roll, but I feel like you're trying to wrestle his hand up to your mouth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's do compete, competing strengths. Okay. Not very strong. I guess uh, you get an eighteen. That's not good. <laughs> not good. I, nothing's really gonna help me there. I got I got a, a two again. A, a two. Yeah. <laughs> you like me. You're holding on to his, You're holding on to his arm with both hands, and he's just kind of like punching you. Yes. <laughs> um. In his turn, I'm gonna say he's actually trying to do that. He's gonna punch me in the face. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're like grabbing his arm, trying to pull it to you. Uh. Uh-huh. Because you're trying to pull it to your face, mm-hmm. let's say he doesn't have disadvantage, he would be because he's prone, but let's yeah. say it's just a regular attack. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, does a 15 hit? Yeah. Okay. And just a d4 because it's an unarmed attack, I think. And six damage. Okay. <laughs> and he technically gets two attacks. I'm going to say the second one's not at advantage because you're expecting it now. Mm-hmm. So it's just a regular disadvantage for him. And he crit fails. So, first one hits you, second one, he's like, woo! <laughs> oh, my beautiful face. <laughs> and it'll be Shay's turn. Can I kind of tell what he's trying to do? Well, he said, help I me. S- <laughs> I said, help me. Help you? Yeah. And I noticed that he was trying to bite his finger off? Yeah, I think that's pretty obvious. I'll he's do like, the chewing. I'll do the chewing. You just hold his freaking arm. <laughs> I'm going to hold his arm down. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why he Freaking guillotine! Come on, go! Guillotine! <laughs> Put him in an arm bar. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you want to try to help him hold the arm down. So I'll say that it gives you an advantage on your, your next effort. Okay. Sound good? It's not probably going to be enough, but if he rolls crappy, I'll get it. Yeah. Um, I'll let you choose. Either advantage for you or disadvantage for him. What, on his attacks against me? No, on the, the grapple. When you do the competing string checks, oh. you can either make it advantage uh, for you or disadvantage for him. Um, uh, advantage for me. Okay, sweet. So it's your turn. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to bite his finger off. <laughs> <laughs> do that. 21. 18. Ooh, so close. Man. So close. Darn. Um, it's his turn. Um, instead of trying to punch you in the face, he's gonna try to break out of this, throw you off, and break away from you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's competing s- strength checks slash acrobatics, maybe. Uh-huh. I think it's just strength checks. For if, if he's trying to break out of a grapple. Yeah, if I've got him grappled, then yeah. <laughs> yeah, you both got him grappled. Okay. So, <laughs> so I just make a strength check? Yeah. And okay. I, me as well? I mean, I'm kind of just trying to hang on to his arm. I'm not really holding him down. (laughs) You're just sitting on him. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so you would let him get up. You're just holding on to his arm. (laughs) Okay, so then he's going to let you stay there. He's going to get up. So you're both, like, holding on to his arm, and he's just letting that stay there with his hand clenched, trying to keep you from biting his Mm -hmm. uh, uh, thing, and he's going to pull his... uh, It's called club Mm -hmm. up and swing it at you across... Is it a two-handed weapon? No. Okay. It hasn't been. Okay. Because <laughs> I've been rolling D6s as a thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, does a 19 and a 13 hit? Uh, the 19 hits. 19 hits. Six damage. I mean, ow. <laughs> he just clunks you on the head. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking ow. <laughs> and Shay, your turn. You're both, like, hanging on to his, his arm, trying to pry his fingers open from a ball. Can I get off and just try to chop his hand off? Yeah, you can just drop his arm. Sure. Drop his arm and chop his hand off. Let's see if I can do it. 
18. 18 hits. It does? Mm-hmm. All right. Brain. Okay. Working. Six. Six. Double dice. Ten. Ten. Um, I'm going to say his hand isn't cut clean off, but it's, you definitely like severing tendons. He's having a hard time like closing his hand now. Yes. He can't, he can't really grip. This little piggy went to market. <laughs> <laughs> this little piggy And then my home. dagger. Your dagger? I'm going to try yeah. to attempt to do the same thing with a 17 to hit. Nope. Not right. quite. And Pageman. Okay. So I'm like upside down. With my legs wrapped around his uh, biceps, yeah, and holding his fist, and I'm trying to pry his ring finger up so I can uh, pull the ring off or bite it. Still advantage because some of his tendons are are yep. slashed. Uh, Eighteen. Uh, Sixteen. Sixteen. <laughs> he's got like no tendons holding his arm, and he's still overpowering you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, his turn again, and he's just gonna keep, like, he's just, like, smashing at his arm now, (laughs) trying to get this goblin off of him. Um, so two more attacks. Um, does a 15 or a 21 hit? Yeah. Both? Okay. Oh, no. Six damage and three damage, so nine total. Okay. And Shay, your turn. Gonna hit his arm. Well, his hand. His, like, wrist? Yeah, same place. Same place. With a 14 to hit? No. How about a 26? 26? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that hits. All right. And then five damage? Five damage. So at when you did 10 damage, you cut it pretty much halfway through. Um, and the, I don't know if you can do double advantage. I'm going to have you roll three d20s on your competing strength check. <laughs> Big one. Uh, your turn. Maybe his strength score goes down or something. Oh, yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. So it's disadvantage, and I'll just do the math in my head for the... Oh, well, it's a two on the die, so... Oh, my goodness. I can do that. Uh, I got a 15. 15? Yeah. Yeah. You finally wrestle this finger up and yeah. give, give me a give me a, a attack roll on that, that oh, bite. I, I bite it. <laughs> well, you... Yeah. Critical fail. You just about bit the wrong finger. Yeah. You had you were like wrestling this finger up and you, you bit... I like chew all the way through it and I'm like, ah, and I pull my head back and I still see the ring there. And I'm like, ah! And I spit the finger out. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> It's his turn again, and he's just gonna keep whacking away at your arm. Oh my goodness! A uh, crit fail and a three. <laughs> Thank you. So, so it's not working super well. Shay, your turn. Gonna hit his hand again. <clears throat> We're in the same spot. With a twenty-six to hit. Hits. Or I guess it's a twenty-five, but yeah. it hits. And then. Um, Five damage? Five damage. You finally get the hand to come clean off um, and just barely miss Pedwin's hand. <laughs> you see him chewing on this, this finger and spitting it out. and looks real disappointed. Just drops it, fed up, and then you slice down at that moment and the hand just comes off. And as soon as it does, out from his wrists, out from the cuts, out from his neck, out from his ribs, um, blood just starts pouring out. And in a matter of seconds, he is... Uh, bloodless and laying on the ground. 
Shay immediately like plops down and lets a big sigh out, but like not in the blood, like far away from the blood. She's <laughs> not gonna get covered in this blood. <laughs> uh, Paidwin is just kind of sitting in a puddle of blood next to uh, the boss, and he kind of gets up and puts his hands on the boss's chest, and he's like, "I'm sorry, you weren't all bad all the time." I'm... This wasn't right. I don't know what got to you, buddy, but I'm sorry it ended this way. And I'm going to grab uh, his eyelids and, and close them. Hmm. You hear, like, clapping <laughs> behind you. You're real dark, kid. You know that? You're <laughs> she's, real dark. She's just, like, rocking back and forth with a big smile on her face, clapping. Yay! <laughs> oh, my goodness. So proud. Did you see the throat thing? That's not normal. You shouldn't see things like that. It's going to stunt your growth. Do you want to be short forever? <laughs> <laughs> um. What now? I'm gonna look at Penelope <clears throat> and Paidwin. Well, I don't know what you came here to accomplish, but I kind of like point around the room, and I'm all covered in blood. I'm like, I, I think we missed the mark. Well, I think we missed the mark. She she had control over this guy or something, so. But, um, my hope is to save you guys. I mean, my, my father was out here trying to do that, and I want to do the same thing. Well, <clears throat> uh, and I kind of, like, take off my friggin' blood-soaked shirt and wring it out. I'm like, what's, what's your plan then, hero girl? My hope is to get all the goblins fighting... I'm trying to think of his name this whole time. Gek? Gek. Mm. I forgot. I was like... <laughs> the whole time. I was trying to remember it since the beginning of the episode. Get... Trying to get the goblins out there to help defeat Gek and his... The woman and the wizards before they defeat you guys. At this point, your, your bag where you put the orb starts to like, vibrate again. Whoop. Pull it out. <laughs> and it starts shining and as soon, as soon as you grab it and pull it in front of you the the world again goes white and you see this silent scene um, of this this ashen uh, field and on it this crazy looking blue lanky guy um, just digging through piles of, of rubble um, pulling stuff out throwing it to the side like he's looking for something um, and then uh, all of a sudden gets uh, put, looks up in the sky and pulls out his crossbow and shoots and it's like he's shooting straight at you um, and he shoots twice and at the second shot the screen goes black uh, and then light again like eyes opening and closing um, and then you see right before it, it disappears completely um, this figure that you, you barely recognize because he's off in the distance. You see Karthus um, running up on this scene, and then it goes black again. And you're back in the room with the dead Goblin King, with uh, Penelope, like, messing around in his stuff, just, like, digging through his drawers <laughs> in his bag. Paid one is, like, scowling and crossing his arms. He's like, oh... You had another vision. Please enlighten us with your new plan. Because the vision you totally had. <laughs> Penelope, like, looks and scowls at you. 
Tatum. <laughs> Do you believe the woman that I'm the chosen one sent to save you here? I don't know. I mean, I... What saving have you done so far? You killed the boss. <laughs> I mean, you got me in a lot of trouble pretty freaking fast. This looks bad. I don't know if you've seen me. I'm still, like, wringing out my shirt. <laughs> There's literally blood on my hands. I can still taste his. Do you know who, who they'd follow if, like, the rest of the goblins, if they'd listen to anyone? Just need to get them prepared to fight whatever is coming in here. They'll follow whoever's the biggest and scariest, I guess. Are you the biggest and scariest? I kind of, like, look down at myself. I'm like, I, I don't know about that. Um, I'm pretty quick with my tongue and my feet. That's kind of my thing, I guess. Would you be the, I could help you out in being the quickest and scariest if you could get them to just, you know, listen? Uh, I kind of stand up and I'm like, look thoughtful. I'm like, you're saying you think you can put me in charge of all of these here goblins? And at that point, um, Penelope walks up and like holds up the king's crown to you, baby. I like uh, pick it up and I look at it and I go, <laughs> and I look at myself in it and I like wiggle my eyebrows I'm like. Well, I, I am a weak uh, uh, soul, and that's a tempting offer <laughs> my way. <laughs> my way. I, I command you. I command you. Rub my feet. You I'm this. in. I put it on my head. <laughs> <laughs> right before that, you feel this thump, and you look... And then, ouch, it hits you in the head and look down, it's just like a rotted apple that Penelope threw at you. <laughs> Snap out of it. <laughs> Alright, fine, I'll be a good king. Um, and uh, what, what do you need from me exactly then? To prepare your goblins to fight. Alright, so um, what, what, uh, what do I do right now? Well, first you have to them to believe that you're, you know, in charge. Okay. Um, I go grab the club. Can I lift it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's big for a goblin, but he's not huge. Uh-huh. So yeah, you, you could lift it. For you, it would be a two-handed weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the club in both hands and kind of drag it <laughs> towards the door, and then I'll put it up on my shoulder. I'm like... Would you get the door, please? My Wait. constituents await me. I have one thing I gotta go through first. There is a small group of humans and a village of humans that I'm also trying to save. Go on. So You're I'm not gonna... trying to save Steve, are you? When I look back towards the flask <laughs> with the name on it. No. <laughs> no. To my understanding, the village people are not... They are, they are innocent, and they're only following orders to save their lives. But specifically, there's a small group of people, and I'm going to hold up the lantern and bring their faces in it. These people of my group. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, I don't want any of these people harmed. They're helping. Okay, so you're saying that there's going to be, like, humans that I'm going to run into while I'm in charge. and If they say my name, they're with me and they look like this. Okay, what about all the rest of them? 
in their things and their meats that they have. Well, hopefully they don't come into the caves. I can't control them, but... Okay. Well, I'll think on that. Your, uh, the people you've described, of course, if they're your friends, then they will be my friends. Perfect. Is that rock pulling me anywhere still? Mm-mm. It's not? Mm-mm. All right. It has died along with Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to open the door, kind of balancing the club on my shoulder. (laughs) Okay, okay. And then go stand out in a very open place on the second floor. Mm -hmm. There's like a, a railing that you could probably just climb up onto to get a good vantage point in front of everybody. Okay, I'll put the club up there, and then I climb up there, and then I pick the club up. (laughs) For the most part, nobody notices any of this, because there's still, you know, even more of them are passed out at this point. Okay. I'm going to drag the uh, club (laughs) noisily towards the center of the beam, and then I'm going to go... And then I go, and I'm going to tap the club on the ground. <laughs> well, you hear one guy say, Alright, And then another guy said, oh, It's just, it's just Palin. It's just Palin. What do you mean, just Palin? Palin's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> He's so educated. <laughs> Shut up, nerd. <laughs> Excuse me, loyal goblin friends, family. Hi, Dave. Uh, uh, hey, constituents, brothers in arms, good old boys, all y'all, uh, I have some good news and some bad news. Uh, which one do you want first? We'll take the good news. All right. Wait, why are you wearing the crown? There's going to be a lot of positive changes around here um, and, and better treatment for every goblin, a voice for everyone, a, you know, a, a finger in every cup. <laughs> this sounds gross. Germs. <laughs> uh, there's uh, there's been a change in management. Hey, where's the king? That's the bad news. You see, I challenged the king to a duel for the good of goblin kind, and he he accepted. Um, and he's dead now. Rest his soul. What's that? Pitchfork. Yeah, we uh we did the what would you call uh the pitchfork duty? Oh, he did. And then kind of like a little bit of a rocket starts to form. He did the pitchfork day. Wait, wait, how did you? How did he beat the king? King so big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know he really put up a good fight, and I'm gonna miss him. But he was just so freaking drunk all the all the darn time, and he didn't have our best interests in mind anymore, and so. I use my education and uh, my quick hands, and I, I help them move on permanently. And that reminds me, is my first decree pitchfork duty henceforth is no longer a, a thing. Uh, if you guys want to elect a new ruler, we'll go about it that way. Uh, my vote counts as 100. <laughs> Give me a... a... Persuasion or performance. Okay. Thirteen. Thirteen. 
uh, a lot of these goblins are like, yeah, okay. <laughs> hey, I like him. He's cool. Fingers, cups. I like both of those things. <laughs> um, but there are like a few here and there. One of them very close to you that speaks up and says, he's a little bit larger, but not nearly as big as the king. Mm-hmm. Bigger than you. And what makes you think you're, you're big enough to lead us, huh? You know what? I value your opinion. Yours. You. I want you to be my personal advisor. <laughs> Give me a flattery check. <laughs> I don't even have to help this dude. He's just doing it for him. I'm just standing there. <laughs> Give me a... What do you call that? Persuasion? Sure. <laughs> yeah, versus, Charisma? Uh, versus his wisdom. No. I got a 19. <laughs> He got a 10, so yeah, he's like, well, okay. <laughs> Thank you. We're going to need to have a meeting soon and talk about some of the changes we should start around here. You know, I've got, I've got a lot of ideas. That's good. We need some fresh ideas. Now, there's something else, folks. Apparently, there's some yahoos knocking on our door. They want to come in here and eat us alive. Uh, sounds a little wild. Trust me. I get it, but... You know, no one's gonna come into my home, whether they're a dragon-looking bone monster or not, and eat my friends. So we need to rally, and uh, we, we need to set up sentries around the exits. I want some defenses and some barriers, and also I think we should have a party back here to fall back <laughs> to for morale for those who have been on the front lines. What do you say? <laughs> yeah! Yeah! We like this idea! So someone stoke the fire and, and let's get those drinks rolling and, and, and then let's get some teams together with some, uh, some of these chairs and set them up in the tunnels. The crowd kind of starts moving around and they start start acting up and getting a little bit rowdy. Uh, but then you hear this uh, loud kind of, uh, or actually not loud, just a lot of dings, like bells ringing kind of around the cavern. I mean, you would know that this is like an alarm bell. There's mm-hmm. just a, a, a whole s- system of bells throughout the caves to alert when there are trespassers mm-hmm. or cave-ins or things like that. And you know, you can tell because it follows a line that you know where it's coming from. Okay. It's like those very front caves that lead right into the valley. Well, goblins, two arms. And I'm like, thank you so much for your help. I mean, I don't know what you did, but I just felt like freaking peace and vinegar, man. I'm like, I really had them. Yeah, you're You're great. Wow. What kind of magic was that? The best. <laughs> I need to go though. Oh, oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah, safe travels, all that. Uh, let me know if you need anything. Stay in touch. Uh, right. It should be a lot neater around here next time you come to visit. Perfect. If, yeah. You know, if we live. <laughs> Penelope uh, grabs your hand, tries to pull you back into the the king's chambers. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and when you when you go in there, she shuts the door. And she goes over to the statue that of the king, quote unquote. <laughs> um, so it's and, like George the Second Hundred or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you know about George? That he died? Yeah. Yeah, I was there. Oh yeah, you're right. Okay, cool. George is bye bye. Yeah, bye bye, George. Tear. Yeah, plenty. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, she's standing in front of the statue and she looks up at it and she shakes her head and she looks back at you and smiles um, and then holds her finger up and snaps. And when she does, the statue just kind of crumbles away. Um, and in place of it is this um, glowing obelisk of a doorway, kind of a, it looks like a portal. Um, she just points at it. I'll go through the portal. And that's what we'll end this episode. Thank you for joining us in tonight's adventure. Don't forget to tune in Tuesdays, Alaska, 7 p.m. Alaska Standard Time to catch the next, next installment of Frontier Fiction. My name is Veda, playing Shay Trembler, and thank you guys for listening. Woo! Welcome back. I'm Colton playing Paidwin the Goblin. <laughs> I'm Zeb playing the DM and the dead king of the goblins. <laughs> Catch us on our socials, Frontier underscore Fiction on Instagram, Frontier Fiction on Facebook, Frontier Fiction on Discord. It does exist. Mm-hmm. We have proof now. Uh, yeah, and make sure you listen to our audio clips and leave a five-star comment and review so we can read it right now. Goodbye. This is a really long episode, by the way, so I hope you liked it. Woo! Oh, toodles. (laughs) (laughs) Keep your sticker on the ice. Got too excited.